Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here at my office with my Bible open to Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, beginning in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, would you all agree that we are in a spiritual war? There is a war taking place in the heavenly realms that we cannot see. We're battling rulers and authorities, it says. The outcome of the spiritual warfare will therefore determine who will rule, who will rule in people's lives practically, who will rule over people's homes and over our household, who will rule over our churches or villages or towns or cities or nation. A couple years ago, I came across a news story about the presidential election in the nation of Gambia, which is in West Africa. The incumbent president was running for re-election against a challenger. And to everybody's surprise, when the election results came in, the challenger won. And when it came time to transfer the reins of power from now the former president to the new president, the former president basically said, you know what? I don't want to leave. I want to stay president. So business as usual. And what ended up happening there was the military came in and physically removed him from the presidential palace and then physically installed the new president, the rightfully elected president, into office. And as I was reading the story, I thought this perfectly illustrates the battle we're fighting in the spiritual realm. Because of the cross and the resurrection, Jesus Christ is the victor. He has won the victory. He has now been given all authority, and he's the rightful ruler over all of his creation. Ephesians 1, verses 20 through 23, declares this very straightforwardly. It says that God raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So God raised Jesus from the dead and has put all things in subjection under his feet. Now, this is past tense. This has happened. It's done. But there's a problem. Satan is a thief and the usurper of legitimate authority. He's called the ruler of this world and the prince of the power of the air. And like the incumbent president who lost the right to rule, Satan will continue to exert power and influence over those who will allow him to rule their lives until such a time when he is evicted and Jesus is invited to occupy and to take his place as sole ruler and king. We continue to talk about the fourth paradigm of transformation, 
which is the kingdom of God, is established where Jesus reigns as Lord. Transformation happens where Satan's jurisdiction is voided by the blood of Jesus. His kingdom is renounced through true repentance. And Jesus is invited in to reign as the Lord. As we begin to talk about spiritual warfare, it's important to understand, first of all, that Satan has already been defeated through the cross. Colossians 2, 13 through 15 says that when, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. What this says is that Jesus took the written code that stood opposed to us and nailed it to the cross. It's as if Satan has the scroll of the law in his hand, and he's accusing us before God day and night. Revelation chapter 12 calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't have to lie to prove my guilt. He just has to point to the scroll. It says that though that Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities, I can just picture Satan there reading the scroll of all the things that I had done in violation of the law when suddenly Jesus just snatches it out of his hand, nails it to the cross, makes a public spectacle of him in the process. I would have loved to have seen what was happening in the heavenly realm as Jesus died on the cross. But now the legal indebtedness that I had through the law that Satan used to enslave me and to condemn me has been canceled. Jesus has triumphed on the cross. The ruler that has been defeated must now be evicted. The world has been redeemed. It must now be reclaimed for the kingdom of God. Now, what is the kingdom of God? God's kingdom is that realm within which the will of God is carried out without interference. When Jesus walked the earth, he said, the kingdom of God is in your midst. He could say that because God's authority, his rule, was perfectly carried out in his life. One day, the Bible says that Jesus will return to the earth and that the whole earth will become the kingdom of the Lord and of his Christ. It says that in Revelation 11.15. But today... While Jesus has been given all authority to rule, that authority will only be worked out in our lives practically when we yield our lives to his authority, to his lordship. And this is precisely what God has now set out to accomplish in me, in you, in all creation. Colossians 1, 15 through 18 is a key passage of scripture. It says, the son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and, in, and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that... In everything, he might have supremacy. This is God's will 
that Jesus would rule, that he would have supremacy in every part of my life and every part of his entire creation. The end result of spiritual warfare, again, revolves around one central question, who will rule? Jesus won't rule my life or rule in my home or rule in our church or rule in our city until we exercise faith and ask him to do so. Faith is that light switch that brings into my experience practically that which I possess by promise in Christ. You see, there's a difference between positional truth and practical truth or experiential truth because I can possess what Paul would describe as the unfathomable riches of Christ, all that Christ has purchased for me on the cross, all that I now possess as a child of God in Christ, seated and hidden in him in the heavenly realms. Yet, even though I possess those things positionally in Christ, practically, I can still not be experiencing victory, victory over sin or the devil. I could not be experiencing life and peace. I cannot be experiencing fruitfulness or power. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the original language, it's so much more powerful because the verbs come first. That It's a proclamation. Jesus is saying, pray like this. Come, kingdom of God. Be done, will of God, on earth as it is in heaven. It's a powerful statement, a proclamation, a declaration that I speak over my own life and over the realm in which I'm praying for. Because in heaven, Jesus reigns completely, positionally, and practically. On earth, while Jesus has won the right to rule positionally, there is still a battle for who will rule practically. That's why when I say, Jesus, be Lord of my life, I'm issuing an invitation for Jesus to establish his kingdom and his rule in me. So today, let's make that declaration. Let's draw a circle, if you would, around our own lives and make that declaration saying, come kingdom of God. Be done, will of God, on earth, in my life, as it is in heaven. And by doing that, we now create a perimeter, a beachhead, where the kingdom of God, where the reign of Christ is being worked out practically in my life, as it is being worked out perfectly in heaven. For all things were made by him and for him so that in everything he might have supremacy. Amen.